The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren. I am joined this week along with Ron Glover. Ron, how you doing, buddy? Good, Micah. How you doing? How you doing, G.? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's on yet. Okay. <laughs> he slides in and out. Okay. How you doing, Michael? I'm, I'm doing well. These, these are, i, I got to admit, I'm not a huge college basketball fan during the season. I don't even look at it, but I, I just get so excited for the tournament. Uh, these two days, the Friday, the, the Thursday and the Friday of the tournament that starts it, it's two of the best days in sports of the year as far as I'm concerned. Uh, don't look now. Look at that. BU, my alma mater, is now tied with Kansas at 10. I'm telling As you. you speak, I'm watching it. <laughs> You're going to have to keep me posted. I don't, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll put it on in the background. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think we're a dark horse to win it all, Ron. Uh, I don't know if you picked this in your bracket, but would have been a good well, move. I think, I think I, of my eight brackets, I think I may have you guys in three. You never know. <laughs> That's I the only way you can do it is you filled out. And, and I did three upset brackets, so. You know, one was full of upsets, but I know I picked you guys at least in three of them. We're, we're, te- we're just not a very – we're not a basketball school. We're ice hockey. I mean, I remember my freshman year we played in the NCAA tournament over spring break, and we played Tulsa. I think we had like 15 points at halftime. It was awful. I went back to school, and I, I was like, hey, yeah, that was uh, some performance in the tournament. I had several people look at me and go, what tournament? I was like, wow, this is this is not a basketball school. <laughs> this is not a basketball school. But anyway, hey, us just making it to the tournament is our tournament. Uh, but what do you think of the game so far? We've had uh, it, it, these first two days, even the first four days, the first weekend, rarely disappoints. There's usually yeah. something. And it's pretty much what you expect. You get an upset here and there. But, you know, the overall play has been good. I mean, you see a lot of these smaller schools hanging tough mm-hmm. with um, with a lot of the larger schools. Uh, McNeese State last night, prime example, a, a uh, what was that, a 13 beating a 4? Uh, are you talking about, I'm trying to see which 4, it was a 13 over a 4, but I don't know if it was uh, McNeese, I'm looking on my bracket now. Was it, the Moorhead State beat Louisville? Moorhead State, I apologize. Yeah, no, Moorhead no, over Louisville. I mean, I you, know, you get those, and, you know, it kind of balances everything out. I mean, it, it's just good TV. It, it's good it TV, really, you know. It really is. Okay. Now, as it, as it thins out, you know, you'll, you'll you, you know, to pretty much be the cream of rice to the top. But, like you said, these first two days, it's like an unofficial national holiday. People take off of work for this. I read, um, this was about five or six years ago, 
I'm trying to remember the exact number. Um, it was $6 billion our economy <laughs> loses in those days between people not doing anything at work, not going to work, using all the supplies <laughs> to print brackets. I mean, it, it's getting to the point where can we just acknowledge that if you want to take these two days off, you go ahead? Or, you know, it's almost like why don't they have a day off after Super Bowl Sunday? Right. We all know what everybody's doing. Well, thank goodness the Super Bowl isn't played on a Monday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because no, no one would go in. <clears throat> oh, it's so true. It's so true. But these have really become uh, American holidays. Um, even even if you're not a sports fan, I mean, you know, my wife gets into it. I know a lot of uh, women will get into this stuff just for the excitement to fill out the bracket. And, Ron, if this isn't the most annoying thing when it comes to trying to show your woman that you know sports, they have just as good a chance. To beat any, to, I don't care what you know about college basketball. These yep. brackets are impossible. Yep. <laughs> you can use, you can use every piece of logic, and you say, you know what? I watched every game from these guys this year. They're too, they're, they're big up front, but they're slow. These guys are going to run around, and you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, the ball goes <laughs> so, up. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Uh, another great one today. I caught the end of uh, Arizona holding off Memphis. I don't know if you saw that. No, I, I caught that. I was going through my phone and I just happened to catch that one. Um, I'm just pretty much just getting in, so I haven't seen much of anything. I heard about the Villanova loss, and uh, I, I saw the Arizona uh, down to the wire win, and that was pretty much it. What I loved about the uh, the Arizona win because we love the buzzer beater. I mean, that's the greatest. Time's ticking down. Somebody gets a shot off that goes that losing by one. They win by one. I would love about Arizona. It was on a shot block. Memphis was about to tie that game in just a clean swat. Uh, and it was down to .4 seconds, ball game over. It was awesome. Uh, but getting to Nova, look at the local teams here. Um, obviously, it was a big deal around here for Temple, Penn State, uh, big Penn State population in the Philadelphia area, um, Temple in Philadelphia. Uh, Temple barely squeaks one out. Um, you think they're going to be okay? Are they going to win a game or two more? I mean, is there any way they can beat San Diego State? I would feel a lot more comfortable if if John Cheney were on the bench and he had maybe he could look down on his bench and see maybe an Aaron McKee or Rick Brunson or, or Mark Macon or an Eddie Jones. I mean, they have a shot. They have a shot. They just have to play within themselves. And I mean, you can't let this San Diego State team get off. I mean, it's no, possible, but. Uh, it's an uphill climb, and they, they struggle down the stretch. And a lot of times when you struggle down the stretch in these postseason tournaments and to close out the season, it doesn't bode well in the uh, NCAAs if you make it. No, and, and really it's going to depend, too. They can't do what they did against Penn State. They came out. I, I, it's tough to get on the kids. I mean, all of a sudden you're on a national stage. The right. tournament's a big deal. They just play nervous. I mean, there was an errant pass down low that was really nowhere close, but right out of bounds. And you're like, hey, easy, easy. But they, they once they settled down, they started playing some good basketball. You just yeah. you, you can't you can't get off to those kind of starts. Against this team, they'll run you in the ground. Yeah, exactly. I mean, God, what, you see what Michigan did to Tennessee today? I heard about that. Now that was oh. really shocking. That was shocking. Well, I would think with. Bruce Pearl's neck being on the line, you would, you know, have your guys giving a little more effort. I mean, it's, he's undoubtedly gone. He's definitely gone, you know, 
I guess after the day's performance. You know, they were kind of on the fence with him, but I think right. after the day, I don't think there's any way they can bring him back. No, and I think he was – my guess is that he was probably gone before this. Yeah, and this just um, was the straw that broke the back, Tamil's back. It, it was it was pretty bad. And now here's here's my uh, here's my big move of my bracket this year. I okay. got Michigan, t- Michigan taking out Duke next round. Do I have a chance on this? I think with everything that's gone down, you just might. You just might. Uh, Tim Hardaway's son is exceptional. I, I didn't even know he was, you know, he had a son at Michigan until the uh, postseason tournament. I, I didn't know until you just mentioned it. I, I, honestly, I, I feel like when I said I don't really follow college basketball, it's, this is my education every year. I learn all about it. And I'm like, wow, this guy's good. And everyone's like, yeah, he's been good all year. Where have you been? I'm not watching college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I'll ask you this, because I, I know you follow the pros, too. Um, we got in a little debate this week with some of my friends. Because um, you can't deny the endings of these games. I mean, the last five minutes of any of these games almost is invariably worth it. Yeah. Do you find, though, because there's a lot of people that say, oh, I love college basketball better than the NBA, because the kids fight hard and they play defense and they play teamwork. I also, my buddy was making the argument, yeah, they're also not that good and it's a lot of sloppy basketball. I mean, the endings make up for all of it. Are you, are you an NBA guy or college guy or do you kind of just enjoy it all? I mean, it's definitely a different brand. I'll say this. I haven't watched a lot of college basketball this year, but... I always. Hello? Can you hear me, Ron? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. This touch phone is terrible. I, I lean my face on it and it, it, it goes to the hold button. Oh, you have but, an iPhone uh, 4? No, I have the um, the uh, HTC for Windows, the HD7. I had the same. I have an iPhone 4. The same thing happened. The screen is supposed to go off when it notices your face is next to it. Yeah. And it doesn't. I, I was I put somebody on mute last night. They couldn't hear. I'm like, what's wrong with this? Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. It, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me nuts. But um, I haven't watched a lot of college basketball this year, but the conference tournaments, and as the season winds down, you know, I begin to get into it a little more. I mean, you, you can't top this. I don't really think you can top this. The NBA playoffs, you really don't get into it until – Probably the second round. Probably the second round, but really, I, I love it all. Right. See, to me, with this, it's not just – I don't look at it as just the quality of basketball or anything like that because sometimes it can – it can get – you know, the first half sometimes, like, all right, can we get to the end of this? Some of those games, I'm just like, let's, let's fast forward. I don't even know who these two – I don't even know where these colleges are. Right. <laughs> but it's the four games at a time, and here's four more, and here's four more, and it's like that. But four straight days. I mean, that's what the. I mean, and that's not the fault of the NBA. That's just the way the, the tournament is set up. I just love the deluge of basketball that gets thrown at you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It makes for a unique experience. And then it's an early um, start, and it goes later to the night, and you know, at some point, you're going to catch a game that you're really going to tune into. Well, yeah, especially if you fill out a bracket, because. That's that's the best part. I, I honestly, if I didn't fill out brackets, I don't think I would. Wa- I probably wouldn't watch. It's, right. It's having that interest in every game. Being like, well, you know, if these guys blow this, my whole bracket is ripped apart. This is one of the reasons. <laughs> I guess, I, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I go against Duke because Duke will invariably 
just take a dump, and they'll be out in the second round. But they mm-hmm. always, almost always have that top seed, one of the top seeds. Yeah. But they're the one that'll that'll some because their games tend to be predicated on uh, on long range shooting, which is great if you're hitting them. If you're right. not, well, have fun with that. Uh, so I'm hoping Duke, because then if you take Duke out, it screws up everybody else's bracket. Mm-hmm. That's you true. That one Who are you now liking you feel in about tournament, it? though? What's that? How do you feel about it being on uh, four channels this year? Well, that's a good question. Because I was thinking about that, and I saw you had posted something on Facebook that you need, like, a recall button for four channels. Which yeah. <laughs> I bet the remote control people are working on this right now. That's what they're going to do every year. <laughs> um, I like having the option to to flip to what game I want to watch. Mm-hmm. But I used to like CBS going, all right, we're taking you now to the next one. Right. The live looking. Yeah, so you weren't going to see all, unless it was local, you weren't going to see all of the game you really, really wanted to see probably, or if it was, mm-hmm. unless it was a major team. Um, but I did like how... It, CBS was kind of the NFL Red Zone channel before the Red Zone channel, where they would just take you all you know, to all the different games. I liked that because I didn't have to flip. Right. Um, but having the four games, though, was pretty neat. Now, I'll tell you something I noticed last night. Okay. I was watching the game on True TV, and I turned away from it, and I went to CBS. The game on CBS had just gone to halftime. This is where I think it kind of defeats the purpose if they don't catch up on it. CBS went to a live look-in to the game that happened to be on True TV. Mm-hmm. So does that kind of defeat the purpose, or does it just keep the guy from switching channels? How do you feel about um, that? I kind of like the live look-in, and I'll use your example of True TV. I like that they did it in that instance, and I'll tell you why. I don't get True TV in HD. Um, gotcha. Okay. If you have an HD TV, you know that watching standard definition programming on an HD TV is worse than watching a regular square tube TV. <clears throat> it gets all yeah. blurry. The screen gets stretched. Now I, I'm, I know I'm sounding like a snob, but <laughs> no, I know what you, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They they tease us. They tease us with this great picture. But look, we got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk more college hoops. We'll get into the Phillies and anything else you guys want to talk about. On the other side, okay. this is Chee Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. 
Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel, tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Hey, you heard the voiceover guy 888 346 9144. Give us a shout. Uh, if you want to talk some college hoops, you can tell us about your bracket. We'll pretend to care. Uh, <laughs> brackets are kind of like fantasy football teams. Everybody wants to tell you what there is. No one really cares. <laughs> I don't care about your fantasy football team. Uh, but, again, NCAA tournament is going. We uh, we are in full force today and day two of two of the best days in sports. Uh, Ron, who are you, who are you like? Going all the way this year. I know it's too early to tell, but is there anybody you think is just going to be just too tough for anybody to take out? I say, now in all of my Final Fours, if I've had no one else, I've always I've had Kansas and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mars brothers are tough down low, and you know they're averaging. Uh, don't quote me on the names, but I think. Uh, I'm not even going to, one's averaging 17 and 8, and the other one's averaging 13 and 4. I mean, 13 and 7. So, I mean, their front court is solid, and Kansas has always had solid guards, and, and they're pretty deep. Um, Ohio's deep as, Ohio State is just as deep as well, and, and Sullinger is um, as good as anybody in the country down low. Um, I think it's going to come down to one of those two. I think yeah. if I had, did you did you mute us, Ron? <laughs> oh, just as he was going to tell us his pick. All right, Ron. Ron is definitely there. Our buddy Ron Glover's there, but he's got this HTC Evo. Did I lose you again? Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, knew what happened. I'm sorry. Hey, no worries. Much, no worries. How much? How much did you guys miss? You were just about to tell us who you liked before Ohio, Ohio and Kansas State. It was like a teaser. I said, I said it's either going to be if, – if I had to bet, I would probably say Kansas. Yeah. I, I don't have much of a dark horse. Uh, maybe a team like Notre Dame could come out from out of nowhere or something like that. But as far as a, a legitimate surefire pick, I'll say either Kansas or Ohio State. Anything yeah. else to me would really be a surprise. I'll go with Kansas because any, whenever I'm in doubt, I just go with the president of the United States. <laughs> um, you know what? Speaking of that, Ron. Now, all politics aside, too. G's a Republican, so I'd like. To, I w- w- wish he was here to, to comment on this. What is the uproar over the guy spending ten, mi- ten minutes on ESPN filling out his bracket? And of course, Fox News. Oh, is that what he's supposed to be doing? Like, is he supposed to fly to Japan to help with the cleanup crew? Like, what? Do you have a problem with the president 
um, obviously there's a lot going on right now in the world, not denying that. Right. And I'm not necessarily pro-Obama or anything. I'm just, the guy, it's something he likes to do. I mean, did you have a problem with it? All it really shows me is that he's a normal guy. The coolest thing for me as a kid, and, you know, I don't know how far back you go, was when the Chamber won a championship. Like, I remember when the Phillies won the World Series in 80. Mm-hmm. And they got a phone call from Ronald Reagan. Right. I mean, that was like the coolest thing to me. You get a phone call from the president. When Pete Rose yeah, wrote Tarkov's record, you got a call from the president. I mean, stuff like that to me is just kind of cool. It just shows the human side of these guys. I agree. Yeah, he's not always business, and you know, I mean, he picked the he, he picked the pool. So what? Right. So what? So, so of course, Fox lambasted him for it. A big shocker there. And so then right. somebody else I noticed in one of the reports said, "Well, this is before I seen the video, Ron." They said, "Well, the fact that he knew so much about all the teams and the players that it was rivaling the ESPN analyst." And I'm like, "Well, he does know sports," and they made it sound. So I watched the video. Well, because he knew Jimmer for that. Oh my God! He. How did he know Jimmy for that? He named like one or two guys. I guess he's supposed to live in a cave. <laughs> God, it, it's it's really amazing when, and I guess this is nothing new, and it's never going to stop. When there's a Republican in office, the left is going to look for anything that he's doing wrong. But, right. but I'm with you. I remember when uh, Ronald Reagan called uh, Walter Payton, and yeah. uh, Payton said something like, "Yeah, give my love to Nancy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was just really yeah, I mean, I like that. It's just. Uh, did Ron put us on hold again? Uh, he'll be back in a couple seconds. I know it. Uh, another thing I, I love, too, uh, after the Redskins beat the Broncos in Anaheim uh, Super Bowl 22, I still remember Ronald Reagan saying, where's Ricky Sanders? And having yeah. the, the Redskins receiver come over, he threw a pass to him. I think that stuff's awesome. I'm not going to get on the president for that. There's other things. Not at all. There's other things you can get on. Like That's the thing. If you disagree with his policies, there's tons of things you can go after him for. Why would you pick this? It, it's, and, it's, I mean, as far as what he has to deal with already, what he already yeah. has on his plate, I mean, he could have filled out 10 brackets. It would have been fine with me just to – he's got enough on his plate. He's got I mean, plenty on his plate. He's going to take 10 minutes out of his day to get his mind off of that. That's fine with me. I mean, look how gray he is already. I mean, you can even see it when you look at when Bush took office or you know, when Clinton took office, and look at them at the end yep. of the presidency. This job wears you out. I wouldn't yeah. want no parts of it whatsoever. I mean, it so runs you into the ground, literally. White. Yeah, you can. I mean, even look at Andy Reid from when he took the job. And head coach of the Eagles, while it has its stresses, not president of the United States. Yeah. You know, so even, and just to make another quick point, too, when the, the new Speaker of the House, John Boehner, when everyone got on him for the crying and stuff like that, hey, God forbid a politician comes across like a real person. I don't even, I don't know much about him or his politics. But I was you just thinking, you know, robots. They're supposed to be wound yeah. up tight, and you know, you just let them go. Isn't that what we hate about politics? When they're all wound up and they're they're fake and Nancy Pelosi esque, and like there's no connection to them. So, you know, just to bring it back to that term, I, I got no problem with Obama doing that. And no, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's there's other things to complain about. But yeah, so how are we doing with BU here? Are they still hanging in? They're going to win it yet? Uh. There's four seventeen left in the first half. We just coming back from a commercial. I think they're only down. I think they're only down two. Yeah, they're down three with four minutes left in the first. But like we said before, some of these schools just are full of thoroughbreds, and 
You know, I remember when I was at BU in the 90s. We, do you remember Joey Beard, the Duke kid? Joey Beard. He was a, like a 6'11", big dude, and he was at Duke, and he had problems with Krzyzewski, so he transferred to BU, and we were all excited. He was terrible. He couldn't play. We're like, oh, my God, we got a Duke guy. That's, that's <laughs> what basketball is on the radar at Boston University. <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty bad. But let's uh, – we, we do have some things coming up in baseball that I'm pretty excited about. To what the – I mean, look, this Chase Utley thing isn't getting better. It is not getting better. And this lineup needs him. I mean, it's going to be – I'm not going to say decimated. There's teams – you know, the, the Royals would love to have our problems. How concerned are you about Utley? Very. <laughs> very concerned. I'm very concerned. When you start taking – when you start taking cortisone – to the knee, that's not that's not a good indicator. No. And uh, the, the funny thing is, I was saying to someone after last season that the Phillies are going to have to start grooming a shortstop and a second baseman in about two years. I never suspected this. Well, Rollins is probably out of here after this year. Um, you're right. Utley kind of just broke down quickly. And I saw I saw you had posted something today, and you won't be happy to hear this. The Marlins are reported reportedly discussing the guy they brought into the major leagues, Luis, Luis Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. Um, see, here's, here's my problem there too. He's he's had a he's had a pretty good career, and mm-hmm. in '09 he actually had a pretty good season. He had 302. He hit 235 last year and had foot problems all year. Yeah, I noticed that. So my only problem that one, is that was the one thing that stood out to me. You know, he's 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, are you bringing in another injury case for you to do it? Now, that's not to say you were wrong for, for looking at him because it's not like, uh, you know, there's not a bunch of studs sitting on the waiver wire. You right. know, these things are problems for a reason. Because there's nobody out there. You don't just go replace Chief yeah. Dudley. And, and nobody's going to throw really anyone to you because of where you already stand with the four pitchers. Sure. And, uh... You know, you didn't want to, for whatever reason, you didn't want to go after Michael Young more aggressively, which is probably what you're going to end up doing anyway. Um, and he probably can't afford to at this point. Well, that's the thing. With the price tag seen, that he has. Have you seen anywhere where the Rangers would be willing to eat some of that? They would have to. Yeah. Because all the people that want to talk about, oh, look how full the stadium is and the Phillies are printed, they can afford this, they can they are stretched. They're already like about 150 yeah. for, for payroll. That, this is a team that, Ron, in the early part of this decade, they would sit around 85. And that's still one of the better payroll. That's not a bad payroll. 85 mm-hmm. not great. I mean, right. the Phillies are playing in Red Sox territory. And you don't, have your own, you don't have your own TV network nope. and, and things like that. It's going to kick you in the tail. It's going to kick and, you in the tail. I mean, you're not New York and you're not Boston. You know, no, unless you get your own, you know, station or just something that's going to add more revenue, it's not even worth it. You can only sell so many jerseys and so many tickets, um, right. and, and I just don't think they have it. Because I kind of look at it like this, like when you're when you're getting ready for Christmas or whatever, you say, look, I'm going to spend this amount. This is what I'm spending. Let's say on this person I'm going to spend 100 bucks. This is it. Mm-hmm. You always end up at 140 or something like that. You're like, I found something really neat. So you're always, 
when you're already past what you agreed to spend, and I don't know this for a fact, I, but I, I bet a uh, decent amount of money, that's probably the case. Because you get close, like, wow, for an extra, uh, extra few million, we could have Cliff Lee. <laughs> you know this before the, well, you know before the Jason Wirth, uh, before Jason Wirth signed, and before Lee came back, you just kept hearing, the number you kept hearing was 140. Right. And, um, you know, now all of a sudden, I think they're closer to 160. They, they are. They're somewhere in that 150, 160 range. Yeah, they're already, I think they're already extended. I don't want to say beyond their means. I mean, we don't know their books. Who, who knows what, what they need to be profitable, but you, you can't get on the Phillies for not spending. You can't get on for not going after an aging Michael Young at $16 million a year. It is what it is. And you know what? You might be right. Louis Castillo is kind of the caliber of player. They're probably looking at adding, or, you know, pay him some chump change just to have him on the roster. But we're going to take a break. We'll come back more baseball, maybe even get a football just because I love football so much, and I don't care if there's not football, I'll still talk about it. Uh, we'll be right back. This is G Cobb in the house. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football related topics on the program from Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
Hunter joined up with G-Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G-Cobb in the house. And we're back here on G-Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Glover. Talking to groups, talking to some baseball, and uh, Ron, you said something during the break about the NBA schedule. Do you know, uh, because the NBA games are, maybe are they a little more sparse uh, during these few days for, for college, do you know if they have any kind of a deal similar to let the NFL? Like the NFL doesn't play Saturday games as long as college football's on, and the Thursday game is Thursday and not Friday because of the, the contract. I don't know if it's a formal contract, but the agreement that they won't um, play against the high school games, which are on Friday night. Uh, I never really thought about this before. You know, if that's something they typically do, the NBA try and give college basketball the floor? I guess they kind of do. I, I don't know if there's a deal in place, but if there was, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I know the TV coverage isn't as heavy. Um, right. And especially this year with games being on TNT and, uh, and TBS as well as CBS. So there may be, you know, a little under-the-table deal cut. Well, now that you mention it, Barkley's doing the, uh, you know, that TNT crew is doing the college games, so that's, that would rule out any TNT games. Yeah. And I, I think that was a good move. It was kind of a surprise to me. I don't know if they announced that prior to the uh, tournament, but that was a pleasant surprise to me to, for me to see him and Kenny Smith on the, uh, on the panel. I really, um, I haven't watched a ton of NBA games on TNT this year, but they are, to me, hands down the best um, talking heads for any sport. And they pull I mean, Ernie Johnson right into the mix. Ernie Johnson, you know what? We love Charles, and he's brilliant. I love Charles Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. as I read one TNT uh, VP years ago said an article about him. He said he's brilliant at walking the line but never crossing it. And he's exactly right. Charles mm-hmm. says stuff, and you go, uh well, well, he's right. You know, he's brilliant at it. Kenny Smith supports him really well too. But you mentioned Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson steers that ship. Yeah, I mean, he he does a brilliant job keeping everything flowing. You know, going from one guy to the next. Ernie Johnson, I think, is very underrated. Yeah, I think uh, he is too. But that they all work so well together. Uh, I just I just love having them on the panel. Now, speaking of NBA, Sixers are in Sacramento tonight. They're actually they're playing much better ball. They're playing much better ball. I mean, it seems like they're buying to what Doug Collins is selling. They're still not there yet. Yeah. Uh, but I saw you wrote a few pieces for, uh, for GCOB.com this week about, you know, who they might face in the playoffs and, and uh, who they might be able to beat. Now, in talking about this tournament, we love the tournament. Well, it's great because it's one and done. You don't have seven games to get your stuff together. Right. Uh, NBA, baseball, hockey – Usually the better team's going to win that series. Seven, win four of seven against a superior opponent is not easy to do. Um, what teams in the East do you think the Sixers could give problems to and who don't you want to see? I don't want to see Boston. Nope. Uh, and I, I did pieces on – I did a piece on Chicago, and I think – that they could give the Bulls, I think they could, they could give the Bulls a run. Mm-hmm. They're kind of similar. They're similar in some ways, 
minus Derrick Rose. Right, because they're more of a unit. Right. And both teams play great defense. Both teams are fairly young, and they have high-energy players. And so that's why I said the Sixers could probably go six, maybe even seven hard games with the Bulls. You're right. I think they could hang They could hang in there with the Bulls for a little bit. Uh, but the Bulls, again, they're the unit plus Derrick Rose, and that's what the, the, the Sixers really right, Where did I lose you at? Uh, we were just talking about this, the Sixers and the Bulls. You said they were the uh, – basically the Sixers are the Bulls minus Derrick Rose. In some ways, yeah. In some ways, I think they are. They, they play defense as a unit. Um, they like to get out and run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you play well together, and they're, fra- they're fairly young. They're fairly young. You know, Luau, Dang, and Iguodala, I think uh, Iguodala's a superior defensive player, but offensively, yeah. they're pretty much one in the same. Uh, Dang yeah. doesn't fill the stat sheet like Iguodala does, but, you know, they're kind of the same. I think... All right, well, you, you touched on a sore point for me, and I want to bring this up because... You know, it's almost like it's the girl that cheats on you and you keep going back to her and you're like, oh, she cheated on me again. That's because she cheated on you eight times before. So, yes, it's going to happen again, and that's what I think of Andre Iguodala. And I don't know where you are on this, Ron, but I'm seeing all these people. You know, he had a good week. He made some big plays. Uh, we saw you had a triple-double not too long ago, and people are starting to say, wow. This I guy, know where you're going. I know where you're going. Before. I'll give you the defense because that's something you can bring every night. Mm-hmm. You can bring deep, and that, that's that's going to be very important too. As, as Sixers take on you know teams with these studs, having him, you know, I think Ike Reese called him Darrell Revis today, um, and that's very important. But God, he does this to us all the time. The I mean, Utah game. What's that? And is that the game you t- you're speaking of? Which one? Utah. Uh, is that where he had the triple-double, or is that where he uh, he finished strong and ended up losing? Finished strong and ended up losing. Mm-hmm. The steal, the steal to, to take the lead with under a minute left. The steal and the slam. I mean, just that whole play, the effort that went into it to get the steal and everything. And I'm like, you know what? This team just really turned the corner. They were down by 21. And, you know, Iggy got the steal and the slam. Okay, they're going to overtime. What drives me nuts more than anything is why when the clock is, is winding down, you run this same play. Why is the ball in Iguodala's hands? At that That's point, Lou question. Williams was the hot man. Lou Williams was the hot man. They had no answer for Lou Williams. And for me, the cardinal rule is if you have more than three seconds on the clock, there's no way I'm taking a jump shot. I'm going in the lane, and I'm going to run my chances at getting fouled. Right. There was, a, there was about, what, six or seven seconds? Maybe, I think it may have been around nine seconds. And he's dribbling. And, you know, at about three seconds, he makes his move, pulls up, jump shot short, game over. He He's not clutch at all. And no. His jump shot is oh, maddeningly, maddeningly inc- uh, inconsistent. 
Why does he bring the ball up so much, Ron? That's what I got to know because I know you watch the Sixers, uh, you follow them closer than I do. Why does he bring the ball up so much when you've got capable point guards out there? It's like the one thing Doug Collins can't fix. Why? I don't know if Collins sees him as more of a threat, more of a triple threat than than uh, Drew Holiday. Whether it's the size advantage over the point guard or what, I, I think he really hasn't played more of a point forward position. Um, I saw that in the Golden State game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and for obvious reasons, because of his size advantage over the smaller guards. But um, in situations like that, when the, when the clock's winding down, it's either Drew Holiday or Lou Williams mm-hmm. for me. I just never understand why the ball wasn't in Lou Williams' hands because Lou was the hot guy. Yeah. Lou and, was and the hot can, guy, and at least a place should have at least been run for him. But they went to Iguodala. And, and if you're going to put the ball, if we're going to go with your theory, we're going to put the ball in either, either Holiday or Lou Williams' hands, and you want him to go inside and try and draw some contact, they should also be instructed that under no circumstances are you to kick it out to Iguodala, no matter how wide open he is. Don't kick it out to anybody. I don't care if it's Cody Luce He's the last guy you kick it out to. It's either you, when you kick it in, when, you, when you're going in, if a double team's coming, Brand should be right there. Randall Hall should be right there for you to dish that ball up to. Easy layup, game over. But now, I'm by no means kicking anything out to anybody. Now, uh, you, you wouldn't even kick out to a Jody Meeks if he's out there? Jody Meeks took a shot that night that, that made me cringe. And he's good for these at least once a game. He'll knock, those, he'll knock some threes down. But it's like at some point he'll throw up that clunker or that one that just scrapes the bottom of the rim if it hits anything. And he shot one of those that night in Utah. And sometimes I think that he relies too much on that instead of stepping in maybe two or three feet. But um, he's been using a couple of games, so I can't really fault Jordan. He's been good for what they've needed him for. He's been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, his defense, yeah. I don't think, is going to win awards anytime soon. Um, is there really, though, and this has been a case, go back to the Iverson days, is there a pure jump shooter on this team? When was no. the last time they had a, just a pure jump shooter? Because remember, for years, Iverson could kick it to whoever he wanted. They couldn't knock it down. Wow. Percy Hawkins? Percy Hawkins. <laughs> I still remember the three he hit in the corner against Chicago. Is it 91? Yep. Uh, because yeah. they were uh, only the, – the Bulls lost two games in the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. They lost one, one to the Sixers, Sixers and they lost, one, they lost game one to L.A. in the finals. Yep. So that was kind of like, you know, the Sixers winning a championship as far as we're concerned. But, yeah, Hershey yeah, was brilliant. Go ahead. What's that? I'll, I'll say probably Hershey Hawkins. Yeah, uh, McKee was a Mc- good shooter. I was going to say maybe McKee was a good shooter. I'll say he was reliable. But, I mean, but, uh, yeah, he was Hershey, reliable. Hershey I'll give you that, Ron. Hershey was a threat. Hershey was the guy you – see, the Sixers haven't had a guy that you say – you can look at and say, oh, you don't want to leave him alone. Right. You know, they haven't had a guy like that since Hershey Hawkins. No, you're exactly right. 
and I think that hurt him, especially in the Larry Brown years when the genius of Iverson was that you had to collapse four guys down on when, when he went down when he started driving. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a bunch of guys open. Matt Geiger wasn't knocking it down. Glenn Robinson wasn't knocking it down. No. I know. I don't, I'm not trying to turn your stomach, but, I mean, this is it, – it, it is a problem. But you know what? The good news, the Sixers look like they're turning the corner. They look like they're just yeah, and a better team. And, and that's all I really want to see. You know, I know there's nothing – you know, there, there's no parade down Broad Street this year or anything like that, but compared to what I've seen the last couple of years, I'm huh. just glad to see the team come. No, I agree. And they've gotten a lot better, but we will finish this up on the other side. We've got to take a break. This is G Cobb in the house. We'll see you in a minute. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you today, starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back. It's G. Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Glover, and we're talking... See now, see now we got into this into the break, and it's uh, if you were in the college basketball in the early '90s, it, there were some great documentaries out this week. Um, for, for, we had the, the Fab Five. Uh, the Michigan documentary was brilliant, 
And uh, we, we will talk about that in a minute, the whole Jalen Rose, uh, Grant Hill thing that probably got blown out of proportion. Um, and then, of course, the HBO documentary Running Rebels. Uh, let's talk about Jalen first. In the documentary, if you didn't see the Fab Five, he talks about how Michigan hated Duke because at that time, I thought he made it clear, he was thinking this at this time. He's an 18-year-old kid from the city. And they would look at Duke and say that, well, you know, Grant Hill, Thomas Hill, they just seemed to have the black players that Duke recruited tended to be, you know, the good kids, the Uncle Toms or whatever. And right. at that time, a 17, 18-year-old kid, that's, yeah, that's probably about on par for the course. Um, Grant Hill didn't care for that. And he wrote this long op-ed piece in the New York Times, I believe it was. Um, yeah. Basically, I'm not embarrassed to be who I am. I came from two good parents. I'm not ashamed of that, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of got blown up into this big thing. What did you think about that, Ron? I think that, like you said, Jalen Rose was saying saying this as an 18-year-old kid. And what a lot of people don't know is that Grant Hill's dad is Calvin Hill. Yep. Former Dallas Cowboy. His mom was roommates with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Grand Hill's dad, Jimmy Walker, was the first pick in the NBA draft. He never had the relationship with his dad that Grand Hill had with his. So right. in a sense, Jalen felt like maybe this should be him. So there was some jealousy. But like you said, this is coming from an 18-year-old kid. And I think Grand Hill just came off sounding like a guy that had – This is trust me, this isn't the first time – Grant Hill's been called an Uncle Tom. Oh, I agree. And that's his. Re- that's why he reacted the way that he did. He sounded like a guy that I heard it one too many times and was fed up and got tired of hearing it and reacted the way he did. And, you know, I mean, in a, in a sense, you almost – you almost are going back and forth with an eighteen with a guy that was thinking what he was thinking twenty years ago. Right. And I mean that's what you just have to chalk it up as. I mean, we live and we learn. And yeah. for him to react in that way, in that manner and go to the length that he did, you know, I was kinda of surprised and a little disappointed at Hill because of that. I was actually more shocked at I okay, you want to respond fine. I was I was shocked at the length of the op-ed piece. I got to a certain point. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. And that was a short short version. (laughs) The the full version is on Grand Hill's website. Oh, I just saw saw it was in the time. Even I was like, all right, you you made your point. I get it. You didn't appreciate it. But, again, 18-year-old, I don't want to be accountable for the things I said and thought when I was 18. I was a moron. Right. As as all of us were at some point. (laughs) I mean... I wasn't the most clear-thinking guy at 18. And, and the thing with Grant Hill really goes off that Taylor Rose didn't disrespect your parents. He didn't disrespect your lineage or anything like that. He didn't say anything about your grandparents not working hard or anything like that. We can all say that about all our grandparents. You know, they've all worked hard for us to be where we are. Sure. He didn't disrespect any of those people. He was just saying how he felt. I I thought he made it, I don't know if you got this too, Ron. I thought he kind of made it clear that he was jealous of what Grant had. He wasn't mad at him. He wanted He made it crystal clear. He made it crystal clear where he was coming from and that these were his thoughts as an 18-year-old. 
And this and, is how he felt about most kids. Right. You know, and, and that's how they felt about the kids from Duke. And when you oh, yeah, look at how many, how many kids across the country do you think you could have found that thought the same thing at that time? A great Probably. deal. More than just, just Jalen Rose. Exactly. And, I thought, um, did you read the Michael Wilbon's thing? Or Wilbon's thing? Wilbon. Wilbon is the Mets. The Michael no, I Wilbon wrote it. Well, he made a good point. He's like, I've known both of them. I've covered both of them forever. He said, if my son grew up to be like Grant Hill, I'd be extremely proud. And he said, I look at Jalen Rose, and I look at what he came from and what he's made himself into. And if my mm-hmm. kid turned out like Jalen Rose, I'd be extremely proud. He was like, right. Grant Hill's family just got what they both were, wanted to achieve. He got it a generation earlier. That's you know, Jalen's going to be able to, to have, you know, it, it's just, it made total sense. It's like, look, you both turned out to be great individuals. Let's just knock it off, you know. So there was that, and there was also, this was awesome, because I didn't even know this was coming on, Ron. And like we were talking in the break, we were both big UNLV fans. I know you still are. I haven't followed him much. I think Deedon Thomas played for them last when I followed him. <laughs> he was like their star after J.R. Ryder. Yeah. Uh, I have a Deon Thomas UNLV jersey, I swear. Um, it was a great documentary on HBO. We agree it wasn't as well done as the Fab Five documentary, but it was memory lane for me. I mean, as a kid, you know, my father used to go to these trade shows in Vegas, and he would bring me home UNLV T-shirts and stuff. That's the only reason I was a fan. And then two years later, they were studs. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were a pro team. Yeah, they were ahead of the game. They were, they were unbelievable. ahead of the game. What did you think of that documentary overall? Like, did you enjoy just just seeing the uh, how the whole program had evolved? I enjoyed the walk down memory lane. Um, I always felt like Tark was he was kind of like John Chain in the sense that you know he took a lot of guys that wouldn't have gotten opportunities anywhere else. He plucked out a lot of inner city kids, a lot of junior college kids, and he gave them an opportunity that they probably otherwise wouldn't have gotten. And, you know, it wasn't looked upon favorably by too many people. But, I mean, they did what they had to do. And, you know, as far as the sanctions and things like that, I'm sure if you go over a lot of these schools with a fine-tooth comb, they, they've done just as much as the guys at UNLV have. And a lot of that stuff hasn't even really been proven. Well, that's what Tarkanian said. Was oh, I thought I thought it was interesting choice of words. Tarkanian kept saying that they had no evidence on it. Yeah. He didn't say he didn't do it. He said they had no evidence. Right. But yeah, I mean, when you get into some of those recruiting violations and things like that, it's so ridiculous. Can we just pretend? It's like we have to pretend that college sports are this pure. No one makes a dime. Everything's pure. It's all for the kids. What a bunch of crap! I'm going to tell you something I saw last night, and I was watching the game. With my girlfriend, when uh, the St. Uh, Saint, Saint John's team was coming off of the bus. Now, are you aware of the, uh, the headphones by Dr. Dre that are like $300? Beats. They come with windows. They're made yeah, by windows. They're called Beats, right? Yeah. They're like yeah. 300 bucks. I didn't know they were that pricey. <laughs> yeah. Like the first seven or eight kids that come off the bus have got these headphones. They're red. They're white. These are $300 headphones. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, that somebody's not looking out for these kids, and there's nothing wrong with it. 
I agree there's nothing wrong with it. I feel as though, and, and Chris Webber hit on the uh, We lose Ryan for a second. We'll be back in a couple seconds. I think it was, was it Kajana Carter? I don't know who it was. It was a kid years ago that got in trouble because he didn't have a, he couldn't afford a suit to wear the NFL draft. You're three steps from walking up there shaking the commissioner's hands and making millions of dollars, and no one can front you a suit? Yeah, and he said, you know, on. this jersey is $75, my number. No other player's number. When they see number four, University of Michigan, it's Chris Webber. Mm-hmm. And 75 bucks for this jersey, and I don't even have money in my gas. I mean, I don't have enough money to fill my gas tank. It's, it, it's, it's the big, I guess it's the big lie in, in the sports world. It's so ridiculous. Um, I understand why the colleges and the NCAA can't pay these kids directly, even though I think they should. I know they can't, because then now you get into a bidding war. Well, Duke pays better. I'm going to Duke. The other schools right. can compete. I understand that. If somebody wants to give him something, why not? And why don't not? on him for taking it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous, but, Ron, we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I had a blast hanging out with you tonight. Uh, go check out BU. They're down by six, but I'm telling you, I think they're taking down the whole tourney. I'm tuning right, in, gonna... and I'm pulling for him. <laughs> All right, look, that's our time. Ron Glover, right. I'm Michael Warren. This is G Cobb in the house. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.